We turn to Second Peter chapter 1 again. Uh, the title of this uh, subject is Anticipating Death, Knowing Life Will Go On. Quite a long title. I call it punchy. But it's, uh, maybe it just covers the few verses we're going to read. We're going to read together from verse 12 to the end of the chapter. Just following on from last week. So we'll read that together first. Reading from verse 12. Therefore, I shall always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them, and have been established in the truth which is present with you. And I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of remember, knowing that the laying aside of the earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you may be able to call these things to mind. For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And when he received honour and glory from God the Father, such An utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. But know this first, of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. Again, just... uh, Following on from last week, Peter, as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, Peter, who was a disciple and had gained insight and knowledge from three years of sitting at the feet of Christ um, and getting to know him. And then following on from that, having seen his death and resurrection, And then his calling, as Peter's calling, along with the others, to the responsibility of being an apostle. Um, The newness of the truth, the gospel, was something that was given by God to certain men, empowered by the Holy Spirit, who had been with him, and were able to say that they were eyewitnesses. I think that was very important in the early days to establish the truth in a godless world. Even amongst the Jews, where they had deviated so much away from the laws of Moses, uh, they had made their own laws and their own rules. And it was a difficult time to, to to establish what we today know as Christianity and to also establish 
on earth the kingdom of God. I think when Peter um, he, he starts off this, sec- uh, this section, don't be surprised. Sorry, I've it. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even although you know them already. I think it's um, maybe a common comment that gets made is that people who have been brought up in fellowship or people who are regularly um, attending meetings, you get to sometimes to a point when you think, well, I've heard all that before. I know all that. And uh, I think it maybe takes another step or another elevation in your spiritual life to realise that what you know is just a foundation and it's getting into and meditating on it and establishing, as referred to here, the things that are true. We talk about truth and it's important, of course, that we know and are able to discern what is true and what is false. It's a basic thing in life. You know, as a little child is taught the difference between what is true and what is false uh, in just basic life. When it comes to the things of God, there are lots of false teachers about. There are lots of opinions that are given by people. And you might think, well, how do you know? I mean, who do you believe? I mean, I can stand up here and tell you what I think. And then somebody else can, maybe from another denomination, another church, tell you something different and say, well, that's, here's my interpretation of it. What Peter was saying here is that um, he saw his role as constantly reminding people of what the scriptures taught and what was true and that what he had seen as a disciple he was able to pass on along with the other apostles and say, well, this is what Jesus said. We heard it. It's true, and we are giving you the truth. And when other people come and they say, well, I didn't, you didn't say that at all, or you didn't mean that, then you have to be able to hang on to what is truth. And it's your and my responsibility to find out what is true. I think I said last week, a concern of mine is that there's a lot of us are too dependent on the teachers amongst us to tell us what it means. And then that's when the, the difficulties arise because you might hear that well, such and such a person has said that, but then somebody else comes up and said something different. And then you just think, oh, how do you know? This is the word of God. This is living and active. This is the truth. We are in dwelt by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God reveals these things to us. And so whilst it is important to listen to teachers teach, it is equally as important that we go away and study it for ourselves and not just take 
the word of somebody. Where did they get that? Where does it say that in the scriptures? And what that interpretation is, is it something that I can grasp hold of? Because you need to make it your own. You have to be established in it. And when Peter was preaching to those that he'd been given the responsibility of, he was saying, establish yourself. So that when somebody does come along with different winds of doctrine, <coughs> that you don't just get scattered and think, oh, well, that sounds good. That sounds more convenient to me. I'll go with him. It's established in what is truth, the truth of God. Peter considered it right that he says, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling. It's a lovely expression, that. <laughs> uh, some, some Bibles will say, my this tabernacle, which, of course, gives the picture of the Old Testament tabernacle in the wilderness that the, the Israelites built uh, on, the, on the instructions of God through Moses so that God might dwell amongst them. It was a tabernacle. It was a dwelling place for God. And Peter refers to his body as a tabernacle or as a, uh, an earthly dwelling. And it's, it really highlights, again, if you consi consider that, that this, this is all it is. <laughs> that the real you and the real me are just living in this body temporarily. But whilst it's a, a temporal thing, and whilst we look forward to the future of eternity, that our soul, our spirit will go on forever in eternity with God, there's a responsibility whilst we are in this earthly temple, this earthly dwelling, is that we do what is right. And Peter was saying that he'd been given a limited time and he had to use that time profitably for God. Whilst he was in this body, he had responsibilities, he'd been called of God and he was executing these, um, uh, these things that, that the Lord Jesus had asked him to do and he was diligent about it. So when it comes to um, establishing and teaching and stirring by way of reminder. That's a responsibility of all of us. It's not just that somebody stands out here in a, in, at the front of a hall and preaches. Um, it's an important that we are constantly being reminded and remind each other. And that comes down again, as I was saying last week, the importance of ensuring that our conversation and that our discussions together are mainly concerned on things that are true, on faith, on the gospel, on the person of Christ. That we're only going to be here for a short time. We have a responsibility that whilst we are here in our earthly dwelling place, that we use the time to tell others about what we have seen. And you might think, well, wait a minute, Peter actually saw. We haven't. Well, we have seen in spirit. We have had things revealed to us because we have been exercising the faith that God has given us and we have had revelations. 
as we study the word of God, there are things that we see. There are things that we suddenly understand that dawn on us and they become ours. But we should not keep that to ourselves. And that's what Peter was saying, that what he had been given, what he had seen, what he had a responsibility and therefore he was going to pass that on because it was imminent. And this is interesting that Peter knew that, that his death was imminent. The Lord Jesus Christ had told him, um, back, you read about it in John 21, that um, there was going to come a time um, when he wouldn't be free to do what he wanted to do. And that other people were going to take him and were going to make him or take him to places he didn't want to go. And really that's the same for all of us. Um, there comes a, a time we, we, when we are active, we are able to do what we want, we have freedom and we exercise that. But there comes a time when our bodies start shutting down and we no longer are able to do the things that we want to. We see it in life. And uh, Peter had been told that by the Lord, that's going to happen to you. And he'd also obviously been told through the Holy Spirit that his time was coming. His time was over. It was coming imminent. And it was something that he looked forward to. But he said, I'll be diligent that any time after my departure that you may be able to recall these things. Now, I, I was interested that Peter saw the responsibility of what he was saying, that he needed to write it down, that he needed to maybe express it in a way that people remembered. So again, there's a responsibility there that you don't just, if you like, um, take just take the responsibility of having just to speak about it in a sort of uh, ad hoc way. There is an, a, a level of importance, and it's not just for overseers, it's not just for the teachers amongst us, it's for all of us to ensure that, first of all, that we have our children to consider. And that's the, the first and foremost uh, responsibility of parents, is that we pass on what God has given us to our children so that they learn and they understand because we are not going to be here all the time. We will, because the Lord doesn't come, we will be taken. And therefore, we need to establish these things in the minds and hearts of our children. But also, the responsibility for us to come together on a regular basis. Why? Fellowship's one thing. But it's just being able to pass on to each other the things that God has given us. What Peter went on in verse 16 to say that we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses. I think um, I, I touched on it earlier that the things that are revealed to us are, in my opinion, I think a lot of people's opinions is that what Peter was able to see and was given uh, was, was unique on the uh, Mount of Transfiguration. 
where he saw uh, a transfigured Lord. He saw the glory and the majesty of God. The question, I suppose, comes back and saying, well, should we really just look on that as a unique thing to Peter, James and John, and therefore um, not really something we can relate to? Well, I think from the physical point of view, the answer to that is yes, that, but that was unique to them. But when it comes to the study of God's word and it comes to our relationship with the Lord, then these, the revelation of the majesty of God is something that's attainable to all of us now. And it comes not in the physical form that uh, Peter, James and John had, but the spiritual sense of being able to read these things in the word of God and to digest them and to make them your own is being able to see God. I'm not, I hope sounding too dramatic when I say this, is that that's what we should be striving after is a, the vision of who God is and how great he is and his majesty. And when Peter and James and John, when they saw uh, this um, transfigured Christ and Moses and Elijah talking with him on the mountain, they were bowled over. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing to them. But even in the seeing it physically, they never fully understood it until later. And there's a lot of that in our lives, you know, that when we accept Christ as our saviour, we, we see certain things and by faith we accept them. And we love the Lord Jesus for dying for us. And it's a, quite a basic knowledge and understanding we have. But as we study in the word, as we grow, then the revelation comes little bit by little bit, some faster than others. And it only comes from being able to see Jesus. Remember the well known in John, John chapter 1 that the, it talks about that uh, when the Lord Jesus Christ came, he was referred to as being the Word. The Word was with God, the Word was God. He, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the Word. And then it goes on to say that the Word became flesh. Now, you know these verses, and uh, you've heard them so many times, but you've Really, when you get down to thinking about them, what does that mean? I mean, are we actually saying this book here is Jesus Christ? You think, oh, that's a bit hard. When God, at the very beginning of the Bible, started creation, he says that the world, the, the world, the earth, with waste and void and the spirit hovered over the surface of the waters that's right at the very beginning that was the situation if you like before 
things started. And you think, well, it's not going to end too much of it. Well, where did the, that bit come from? But it then goes on to say, depart that for a minute, is that um, then God said, it's the very first thing that you're reading about in Scripture is the Word of God. That right at the very beginning, God spoke. That was the first thing that happened. And he said, let there be light. And where is that? what does that mean? That wasn't the light of the sun, because that came later. That wasn't the light of the moon and the stars. This was his word. So right at the very beginning, God said. God spoke. The word of God came down and to this earth, and there was light. So let's just take in that back, that the, the word of God became flesh. Who was the light of the world? Is Christ. And when you put all these things together, then when you ask, well, is the Bible God? Is the Bible the Lord Jesus Christ? The answer is yes, because that's the word of God. And uh, why would we not want to be in that? Why would we not want to be reading about Christ? Because that is Christ. This is all about the voice of God. This is all about the majesty of God. This is all about the future, not just the past. This is all about our future. Why would we not want to be reading? Why would we not want to be in Christ? The Church of God in Laodicea was it that said, you know, behold, I stand at the door and knock. <clears throat> it used to be a real puzzle, that, that scripture to me. I thought I, when I was saved, had received the Lord Jesus Christ as my saviour. And here's this church of Christians, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus is saying, he's, I'm standing outside and I'm knocking on the door and asking to be let in. So there's a bigger dimension to the fact that we are in Christ, but of course it's Christ in us. And only way Christ can be in us is that the Word is in us, that the light is in us, and that we reflect that. So again, it comes back to what Peter is saying here, that when he was on the mount, they saw for themselves, and he's passing it on. And it comes back to what I was saying at the beginning. Our responsibility is, have you seen Jesus? Has the majesty of God been revealed to you? How was it done? Well, it should only have been done in your study of the Word of God, in your meditation, when you're reading. When did God speak to you? Maybe that's something that we need to be, we're lacking. Uh, maybe we don't do it enough. That when we're studying the Word and God speaks, you've had that, surely you've had that experience you're sitting in quietness, you're studying the Word, and you're maybe even reading a verse that you've read thousands of times before, and bang, God speaks. And you think, wow, I never saw that before. Why did I not see that before? And he just reveals to you something. And it's, it then becomes yours. It's, it becomes your own. 
it might be something everybody else knows, and if you speak to them, you go, oh, yeah, I've known about that for years. Yeah, but it's now mine, <coughs> because God told me, and you can date it. <laughs> that was the time when God spoke to me, and it was mine. He gave me it. And that's the majesty of God. When Peter saw the majesty of God and uh, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, on, on that mount, he wanted to build an altar. And he wanted to build one for the Lord Jesus, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And you're thinking, Peter, what, all the same size? <laughs> all the same importance? He missed the point. But this was all part of Peter's education. And Peter had to re eventually realise it's all about Christ. And that when he saw him raised from the dead, when he saw him at the banks of the, the Galilee, and he listened to him, and then when he watched him ascending to heaven, and then when he went into that upper room and was filled by the Holy Spirit in such a miraculous way, in order that it would be evident to everybody this was the beginning of a new era, a new covenant, a new relationship with God, because we're going to be in Christ this time, and we're going to be alive to him, and therefore more able to understand and appreciate these things. Running out of time. Just finishing up that Peter goes on to talk about um, the lamp shining in the dark place and the morning star arising in your hearts. That just sums up what I've just been saying. Realising and appreciating the morning star, the sun, S-U-N, of righteousness, or the sun, S-O-N, of righteousness, rising in your hearts in a way where light gives revelation. Right light is what we should be seeking. It is the person of Christ. And that now remember that no prophecy, no nothing that has ever come from purely from man is of any consequence. That it's not from man's own per interpretation. It was all it all comes from the Holy Spirit. And that's what we should listen to. He is whom we should listen to. As we read the word of God, we are reading Christ. We are seeking to know God. We are seeking to see the majesty of God in the person of Christ and the Holy Spirit within us will reveal these things if you ask him. I've never heard anybody ever say I asked the Holy Spirit for revelation and he never gave me it he might not have given you the revelation you thought you wanted or you felt <laughs> you could, you, it was what it was going to be it, but he will reveal he will, that's his purpose and that's why he was given to us that's his role and God always delivers shall we pray